Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. All right, go for it. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's V, the Grill Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Mornings with V and CJ over here at roguenews.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook, DTube, Steamit, every single podcasting app, Note to Humanity. You can also check out our sponsors, okay, that uh, help keep the things running over here. Um, you can check out mycbdedibles.com. Mycbdedibles.com. Folks, listen, here's the deal. This week, you pump up, you, you go there, you, you start, you know, getting your shopping list together, you're getting some coffee, some granola bars, get, get, get some of those, uh, uh, the almond pecan, um, what is that, the almond pecan, uh, see, this is where I go brain white, dead. White. Yeah, the white chocolate pecan truffle. That's it, the yeah. white chocolate pecan truffle, which yeah, is so they, good, man. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, rave reviews on this, everyone loves them. Everybody loves that one, man. Hell, you can't even get the doggy teeth treats for your dog. You type in right now whatever purchase you want to buy. You type in Rogue at the checkout, you're going to get a 30% discount. 30% off. It's massive, folks. Absolutely massive. For 99.99% CBD isolate, it's the way to go. MyCBDedibles.com. All sorts of deliciousness. Get it now. Get it today. Secondly, folks, we have also the crypto school. You know, the, yesterday the guys were on uh, Z and Cowboy and, and Frank and myself. Uh, go to the crypto school. You can either watch us trade. Okay, that is the trading Slack chat room over there. There show you exactly how to, how to get it done. CJ, can, can, do you know of any program where you literally copy the moves that the instructor is doing and then you make money? Mm, no, I don't think it exists. No, no. Exactly, dude. This is a this is literally a money machine. And folks, you have an option of getting involved in this money machine by either doing two things: either a, you could pay month to month, or you can go ahead and pay for pay for it via crypto payments. We are accepting three month and six month subscriptions, paid in BTC. And <laughs> here's the deal, folks: most people pay their um, most people pay their memberships, their you know, one month, three month, or even a year's worth within just a few days of trading. Also, guys, uh, check out also the, the regular crypto school video education series. Where if you want to learn about cryptos, there's the video education series, you can go through the whole entire thing, learns the, in, in, the ins and outs. And once you're ready to get that done and you're ready to jump into some trades, you can do that. And last but not least, <clears throat> remaincom.net, remaincom.net. Uh, if you have any collections issues and whatnot, go over there, check it out. And also, folks, uh, liquidbase.io, liquidbase.io. Take your crypto profits, liquidate it. You can put it into metals. You can put it in cash, store it in gold, whatever the heck you want to do with complete voltability, fully insured and bonded uh, with, with full liquidity. Full liquidity, folks. That is, that is what is up. Liquidbase. 
where liquidity is the product. Go through the site, check it out. Um, and all the links are in the description box. Now, with that being said, a couple of announcements today. Harley can't do today to, uh, uh, our usual time at 12 o'clock, so we're going to probably we're gonna do them tomorrow. So Harley will be on tomorrow for uh, hanging with Harley, so sit tight with that. Uh, what I, Yesterday, folks, I was a little under the weather. Um, not under the weather. I wasn't feeling good, man. I it just felt nauseous, lightheaded, and whatnot, and all the physiological changes that go along with... Uh, with uh you know I, I guess it's the weather it's working out it's all this other stuff but but anyway um one of the things i want to do at some point today and i got some meetings i gotta run to but at some point today there's a topics that i was going to discuss yesterday that i will be discussing not today this morning but later today at some point and I'm going to really blow the lid off, and I, I really want people to understand what it, you know what I mean by that by this in the full context of everything. I'm going to do a complete expose on Silicon Valley, and I'm going to show you the because when you really study Silicon Valley, and that's silly spelled S-I-L-L-Y hyphen c-o-n silicon not silicon valley but silicon valley because that's what these most of the guys in silicon valley are they're a bunch of silicons and one of the things folks that i want to you know there's a lot of a lot of things to be learned there at silicon valley and how it pertains to the u.s economy how it pertains to the stock market in particular where nothing makes sense I want to show you folks that when you run through the entire gambit of what is out there as quote unquote profitable companies and other stocks are so high, when you run that gambit, you begin you begin to rapidly understand that hey, you know what? No, fundamentals and truth and facts need not apply. We're living in an economic fantasy world, okay? The realities of this fantasy world cannot be sustained for long because you can only ignore the rules and the laws of economic mother nature before she rips you a new one. Now, the maestros, folks, the quote-unquote the initiates, the, the, the wizards of Oz, that are in Wall Street might have duped themselves into thinking that they themselves have discovered the Philosopher's Stone. They found a way to perpetually turn straw into gold. They have found a way to, to perpetually inflate and inflate and inflate and have a constantly ascending trajectory on a stock market with finite resources and with complete ignorance of economic laws economic mother nature to be in general the fundamentals the things that really matter and they don't they truly truly don't and that's one of the things i want to touch a pace upon hopefully i get to do it today uh we'll see how it goes uh we, then we have uh cuss with gus so see you gotta get a hold of cuss uh, get a hold of cuss get a hold of gus before you fly somewhere or, or gets himself in an, in an appointment somewhere, or you know, or uh, or whatever, <laughs> you know, before uh, so we have him on at four o'clock. 
But uh, anyway, man, I mean, where do we start? I think, you know, here's a, here's a, here's a topic, folks. Here's a topic that I want to discuss, okay? There's a lot of good things happening, positive things that are happening in Africa, and there's a lot of stupid stuff happening in Africa as well. Okay, a lot of stupid stuff. And uh, I think this week's Stupid Nation of the Week award goes to South Africa. They've, they've been, CJ, they've been working extremely hard being dumbasses on the global stage. They've been doing an exemplary job of climbing the ranks of, 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 of total, complete morons. Okay? And not only morons, but downright damned evil. All right? You know, it was uh, a few years after Mandela died. You know, the ANC, the African National Communists, I like to call them that, they're not the, the National Congress, the African National Communists wanted to create and enact uh, Mandela's vision of a rainbow nation, and we will show them the way. But uh, what has occurred, folks, is not a rainbow nation, it is outright genocide that is happening. Now, there's a whole bunch of people that have done reports, like, you know, pe girls like uh, girls people like Lauren Southern, uh, the young lady who went over to South Africa to interview the farmers. Uh, if you don't know what's happening in South Africa, I, I suggest you give yourself a run-up very quickly. What's happening is that the white farmers uh, who've been operating these farmlands and owning these farmlands for nine or ten generations are now having their land ripped from them without compensation and given to, quote-unquote, the locals, and allowing the local yokels to run the show, okay? Now, some of these people who don't understand, okay, who, who do not understand, okay, um, the history of South Africa, okay? Well, some people will, will listen to this whole entire thing and say, hey, you know what? Uh, South Africa is just a racist country. And have a knee-jerk reaction, okay? So now they've made it official, folks. They're, South Africa is to amend the Constitution to allow land expropriation from white farmers. Confirming long-running speculation that South Africa is on its way to become another Zimbabwe. Because mm -hmm. what, what did Robert Mugabe do? He kicked out all the quote-unquote white farmers and told the blacks to go ahead and run it. And the whole country starved to death. You can't tell people who don't know how to farm, who don't know horticulture, who don't know how crop rotations, who don't know the the intricacies of being an actual real farmer where you're growing multiple crops. Anybody could grow one thing seasonally. That's not hard to do. But growing multiple different types of crops in rotation is a mastery. It requires some experience, some know-how things that the local yokels in Zimbabwe lacked severely. And the nation's food prices skyrocketed and most people started going hungry. So South Africa is doing the same thing. Okay? On Tuesday, the country's president, Cyril Ramphosi, said the ruling African National Congress should initiate a parliamentary process to amend the Constitution to allow for the expropriation of land without compensation. Back in May, the ANC had said in May that it would test the argument, quote-unquote, that land redistribution without compensation is permitted under current laws, a plan that would have avoided the risky strategy of trying to change the Constitution. Since then, the expropriation movement has only accelerated 
And Ramfosa, who has vowed to show them the way, also vowed previously to return the lands owned by white farmers since the 1600s to the country's black population. After he assumed office in February this year, said on Tuesday that the ANC would introduce a constitutional amendment in the parliament. The ANC will, through the parliamentary process, finalize a proposed amendment to the Constitution that outlines more clearly the conditions under the expropriation of land without compensation can be effective, blah, 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 blah. <sighs> All right, Siege. Break it down, V. All right. <laughs> now, I'm going to rant and rave, and I'm going to drop some serious truth bombs that most people have no freaking clue about. You know, I have uh, quite a few biz- uh, experiences in, uh, in doing business in South Africa, and I am friends with South Africans, amazing, wonderful people, okay? And a lot of friends of mine are Afrikaners. They're the descendants of the Dutch that wound up in, Af- in uh, South Africa. Let's take this bullshit lie for where this bullshit lie starts, Okay, I'm going to give all of you a lesson on South Africa. It's going to blow your mind, and for most of you, it's going to be a deprogramming that you needed, and for the most of you also, it's going to be an education that you no one's ever told you. Here's BS lie number one. Okay, Ramfosa, Cyril Ramfosa, the, the racist, sycophant, idiot, tyrant, bastard of a low-IQ subhuman. He said this. He's vowed to return the lands owned by white farmers since the 1600s to the country's black population. CJ. The black population that is living in South Africa, the vast, vast 99 some odd percent of the black population living in South Africa Africa have no historical ties to that land. Well, that is the myth. The myth is that that the whites have stolen the land. They've stolen the land from the from the indigenous blacks and injustice was done. Blah 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 blah. You see the vicious lies that these liberals do. See, liberals destroy cities. Liberals, far left leftists, destroy cities. They they destroy towns. They destroy villages. They destroy states, and they destroy countries. See, the globalist agenda is an anti-white agenda, and the reason why it's anti-white it's because it's anti-Western. Because whites are synonymously connected with Western culture. It is one and the same. Folks, slavery has existed long before Western civilization even came into being. Nobody talks about the tens of millions of slaves that were in China during the time of slavery here in the United States and in the Western world. Nobody talks about the tens of millions of slaves that were in India at that time and much of Southeast Asia. People have been slaves all over the place. You know, people want to talk about American slavery and slavery in America. Oh, my God, it was the, it was the only place that happened on planet Earth. And before that, no other slavery ever happened. How many slaves, CJ, do, do we know how many slaves came into the United States? Do we know the exact number? 
Yes, we do. Why do we know the exact number? Because it was called a slave trade. Slave trade. Meaning when the slaving ships pulled up into port in Western Africa, the quote-unquote evil white man didn't get out of that ship and go running through the African continent trying to find black slaves. No, 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 no. Black slaves were brought happily to port by other blacks. Black slaves were brought happily to port by Arabs. And then all they had to do is, is go to the slaving market, pick up the slaves, put them on a boat, and bring them back. Nobody. You see, it would be a very expensive and dangerous proposition for anybody to all of a sudden, you know, you're getting on a slave ship and you're going to Africa and then you're hunting through the bush to find these villages and try to get them back and create war. That's a dangerous, dangerous gambit. Oh, these, these ships pulled up and boom, the slaves were waiting for them. Why? Because it's a slavery was a common thing. It's a common thing. It's a it's a globally common thing. And even today in this world, it's globally common in much in a lot of parts. Today in Africa, there's a lot of slavery. Did you guys know that? Does that does that rattle your your politically correct brains? Does it? Now here's what's different about the West and the evil white man. Ooh, 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 white privilege. Ugh. You see, folks, unbeknownst to your to, to most people's senses, and unbeknownst to those who've been under the brainwashing, you see, the evil white man decided to do something different. The evil white man and his evil Western culture happened to be the first civilization that started to move against the very concept of slavery. Evil Western civilization and the evil white privileged white man. He's the white devil. He's the white devil. You see, what he did is this. Not only are we going to create laws to end slavery here and fight and die and shed blood to set men free. Not only are we going to do it within our territories, but we're going to actively participate to end slavery worldwide. Do you understand that, folks? See, Western culture isn't perfect, but damn it, it is the best. So an attack on Western see, you have to understand this for what it is. Let's call a spade a spade. Let's have an adult conversation. When you attack whites, you are attacking Western culture. You are attacking the beautiful concept of representative government you are under you are attacking the beautiful concept that all men are created equal you are attacking the beautiful concept of individuality and liberty that is why the white race has been assailed South Africa is a case study in it. You know, you read most scholars. You read most scholars, folks. You see, guys, I can go into 
it's pretty interesting. When you look at Africa, right, you have the what the hell? There's a there's a plane, and I forgot the exact um um you know uh, a line of separation, right? Often in the United States we talk about the Mason Dixon waterline that once you're once you're past the Mason Dixon waterline, uh you know, IQs drop. I mean, these are just jokes that people have here in, in the yep. US. The Mason Dixon people don't be, you know. Um same thing in Africa. And I'm trying to find it right now. Um let me see here. It is um, separates. Give me one second, folks. Okay, this is important. I I, I just can't remember it. See, I need to start taking more fish oils, man. I need to start taking more CBD extract. More CBD, boost that memory. Hell yeah, brother. North and uh, northern and southern. Africa. Let me see. Let me see what, the, what what comes out here. Ah, there it is. The Great Rift Valley. The Great Rift Valley. Okay. So the Great Rift Valley, folks, is is pretty interesting. You have a great swath of 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 harsh desert that separates. The northern African countries, where you've seen a great deal of, of development, advancement, civilization, building, the whole nine yards, okay? We're talking about real civilizational structures, grid cities, aqueducts, pyramids. I mean, come on, okay? That's what you see north of the Great Rift Valley. South of the Great Rift Valley, CJ, is a different story. Okay? That's a different story. This is real talk, real truth. None of this fancy BS fantasy about Afrocentrism and and blah, 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 blah. None of that BS fantasy talk here. This is real truth. When you start dealing with real truth, then you start dealing with reality. We can start fixing things and making this world a better place. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. In 3,000 years, folks, since the end of the friggin' Stone Age, the majority, the vast, vast, vast majority of indigenous Africa, they could not even manage to create a single piece of infrastructure anywhere. No bridge, no aqueducts, no grid cities, nothing. They couldn't, in fact, succeed in building anything higher than a one-story one-story mud structure. They could not write anything down as a reference of quote-unquote civilization so that future generations could look at it and improve on it and innovate on it. You understand? They couldn't do that. They couldn't... The main reason why they could never and this is the truth. When you actually study this raw dog, no political biases, just raw dog, how it is, how human development came about, the biggest struggle that you see south of the Great Rift, the quote-unquote what people call the deepest, darkest Africa, 
they could not master the art of writing. Okay? I want you to think about this. You see, when the first European appeared in Africa, that was, I believe it was 1652. That was 1,974 years after Ptolemy the first built the incredible, magnificent structure called the Library of Alexandria. Okay? So the first European, when he set foot in deepest, darkest Africa, past the Great Rift Valley, past where it is an absolute tribal wasteland where they're killing each other, slaughtering each other like a bunch of savages. They're still doing it today, most of them. <gasps> racist, racist, racist. Well, I can get away with it because I can say these things, CJ. You know what, CJ? Why can <laughs> I? Why could I get away with saying these things? Oh, I'm not sure I'm why. <laughs> I'm not white, so dare call me a racist. <laughs> Isn't this funny? We are the two brown guys here on the show, and we are like probably the biggest defenders of the white race at this point. <laughs> God, that just hit me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because someone needs to tell you white folks to get your pride back. I mean, what the heck? Come on. Stop it already. Stop with this cow kowtowing. All right. Here we go. So when the first evil white man from the western evil west set foot in Africa was the year 1652. That was damn near 2,000 years, CJ, after Ptolemy built the friggin' Alexandrian library. So the question becomes... 2,000 years from the Alexandrian library to the year 1652 where the first white man was, was you know, stuff. What, what were the indigenous people doing? Were they building grid cities? Was it like Wakanda? Did they discover vibranium and advance their future technology and whatnot? Did they do that? No. They, they could do no more than a few rock paintings and a couple of clay pots with some patterns on it. I want you to think about this. Ptolemy I, 2,000 friggin' years ago, builds the Alexandrian Library. 1652, the first white dude, from the even white man, pops up in South Africa. What has the southern population over there have been doing? What have they been doing? Have they built, have they erected um, skyscrapers? Have they erected uh, grid cities? Have they, have, they, have they built anything similar? Have they built anything beyond one-story building? No. They, we have rock paintings and a few clay pots, CJ. Right on. See, that, that's the yeah. whole entire deal. What people don't understand, it's a, see, a lot of these blacks that are in South Africa have no historical ties to the land. Okay, they have no historical ties to the land. So their idea so because they have no historical ties to the land and they have no real civilizational 
civilizational contribution or, or achievement, they have nothing as a backdrop against it. So all they can do is give me back this land. It's not it's it, this false land grab. You see, the fact that the that the quote unquote evil white man has built these things is in and of itself a threat to them. And that's the context you folks need to understand, because that is the very context in which the Afrikaner, the white African, is demonized as what? A slaver. He's demonized as a murderer. He's demonized as somebody who stole the land. Folks, you got to understand the 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 uh, context of South Africa. When the first whites came to South Africa in 1652, folks, here's the deal. It was uninhabited. Some people say, well, he, they were just saying that it was inhabited because, uh, you know, that, that's a lie. That, that's just a lie because, uh, uh, you know, that's a myth. You see, when, when Israel showed up in, in Palestine and, and uh, not Israel, but when, um, when uh, the Ashkenazi, uh, the European Jews, showed up in Palestine, some of them said, it was uninhabited. It was, there was nothing going on there. Well, that's not true. That's a lie. There was a great deal of development in Haifa and Tel Aviv and in Jerusalem. I, mean, I have pictures going back to what Jerusalem and Haifa and Tel Aviv looked like in 1923. I have the photos. You can't tell me there was nothing going on over there. But to say that when the early settlers said that this land was uninhabited, saying that that was a lie because it was inhabited and they were just they were out there slaving and, and overthrowing the population and blah 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 blah. That's a dis that's a misconception and a deception. So the question becomes, folks, how do we know that the that the early settlers in South Africa were telling the truth when they said this land is is, is uninhabited? How do we know that? You see, those early settlers were sent there, a lot of them for um, the company that they were working for. Okay, the, uh, the, the Dutch company that was uh, out there exploring for resources and whatnot. So they wound up in South Africa. How do we know they were telling the truth when they said that the land is uninhabited? Simple. In their writings, when you study the writings, and again, here's the difference between civilized versus uncivilized. Uncivilized, undeveloped people do not keep historical records. They do not keep writings on which the future generations could build upon. Civilized, educated people keep writings and meticulous records. You don't like that statement? Oh, well. Oh, well. So when the first Afrikaner got there, we knew it was uninhabited. Why? Because he didn't want to stay there. Did you realize that, folks? They, the first settlers in South Africa did not want to stay there. They wanted. To, there were many petitions given to their various sponsor companies saying, hey, you know what? There's nothing in this land. This land is uninhabited. Uh, it requires a lot of work. We don't want to be here. They've Many of them have made... Um, uh, 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 you know, what's the word I'm looking for? They've made uh, requests. They've made requests. Can we be transferred to Amsterdam? How about Germany? Can we go to Germany? Because it was a corporate venture that got them into South Africa to begin with. 
Many of them repeated applications. Hey, can we go to uh, transfer us to Batavia? Transfer us to Amsterdam. Made by every single one of them. But the few men that did stay there, they decided to make it their homeland. And it became a land that they loved. You know what? We want to make a best life here. It's not that bad. Look at Johannesburg. It's not that bad. Beautiful coastline. We can make something here. We can set up fishing this, that, and the other. They wanted to develop and they wanted to grow there. And this, how do we know that? Their own writings, their own general journals. By men who did not intend to stay and therefore had no reason to lie. It's, they kept writing it down, CJ, over and over and over again. If the Europeans, the early ones there, settled on uninhabited land. That was the major theme. They exchanged their cattle. They've exchanged their, their, their farming equipment, you know, the, 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 the crops, whatever they laid, they had with the nomadic indigenous people. But V, you just said it was uninhabited. It is uninhabited because in, it's uninhabited in the sense that there was nobody there. There was no population there. There was no indigenous population there that have set roots. But you had nomadic tribes that would come in through the area at a certain time and then go out through the area, in and out of the territories, over and over and over and over again. Okay? That's how we know it was uninhabited. The corporation, which I, the, the company that I that I forget that these guys um, worked for, it, just, it escapes my mind, folks. So That's why I need to up the CBD dose over here. That, now fast forward to you know, late 1600s, early 1700s. The slave trade is in full swing. It is booming. Right? The slave trade is picking up. It's starting to boom all throughout the rest of the world. It hasn't boomed in America. America's not even discovered yet. I mean, it's discovered, but it's not even, you know, it's not even a real fully functioning, you know, it's just a bunch of colonies at this point. But the slave trade is booming. So the company wanted to import slaves. They wanted to import slaves. And here's the word. We have company people, people that work for uh, these uh, various, uh, uh, you know, uh, European companies. Slave trade is booming. So if they came to a land with that was filled with indigenous people, CJ, would you would you want to import slaves or would you just take slaves that were already in the land? You would just take slaves that were already in the land because they're, they're freaking there. Might as well take advantage of them, right? But that's not the case. They chose to import slaves. Why did they chose to import slaves? Because the freaking land was uninhabited. Hello. Because the land was uninhabited, they had to bring in slaves. So because they had to bring in slaves, no indigenous person, quote-unquote, in the country of, quote-unquote, South Africa was ever put into slavery. In fact, the slaves were brought in from Madagascar, Ceylon and East Africa. And those people became the ancestors of an entirely new group 
the colored nation of South Africa who adopted what who adopted the customs and the culture of who, CJ? The Europeans. Why didn't they adopt the culture of the indigenous people? Because there were no indigenous people there to have their cultures adopted to. Do you get it? So they emulated the cultures of the Europeans. Why? Because they're the only ones there. Nobody nobody saw any sort of indigenous person there because the land was uninhabited. The white South African was a new nation, man. Born in Africa. The nation had its own language called Afrikaans. After Africa. The nation called itself Africa and Afrikaners. And on the 1st of December, 1834, slavery was abolished. 1834. But I will tell you what was happening in the northern borders during the time of the Cape, during the time of the evil white man in Western civilization. You had warring tribes. And people say, well, that was the time that Chaka Zulu came to power. Shaka Kansangoa Hoga. That's the real name of Shaka Zulu came to power in South Africa. Actually, he was born in late 1700, 1790 or 1787, something like that. He managed to unite through force, murder, rampage, a number of small tribes into what was known as the Zulu Nation. Because most CJ, most people say, well, you know, South Africa, oh, the Zulus were there. Nobody. No. No. Shaka went out, conquered, robbery, pillaged, destroyed, slaughtered, genocide, bloodshed. Hundreds of smaller tribes and amalgamated them into what is known as the Zulu Nation, which came to power in 1819. Before that, there was no quote-unquote Zulu people. So the first Zulu nation that a lot of these people like to talk about came into power 167 years after the white South African, Van Rybeck. 167 years later. So the question becomes, who's expropriating the land here? Folks, if you would read the stories, and let me tell you all people say, well, V, I mean, apartheid in South Africa was terrible. Do you know how many blacks in South Africa would actually like to go back to apartheid? Why? Infant mortality rate was lower. The schools were better, better hospitals, the whole nine yards. It is what it is. You don't like it. I mean, it, these are the facts. This is what it is. The ANC, the African National Communists, took over, and the country went to shit. It went to shit. 
And now these idiots have convinced the uneducated of the world that this is their land. And the white man, the evil white man, came and took it from them. The amount of farmers that have that are attacked and murdered is astro-fucking-nomical. You're having genocide happening to people that are so integral to a fucking country's economics that these fucking morons don't even know that they're putting a shotgun and blasting off their head to spite their own nose. That's what these morons South Africans are doing. That's what these idiots, these stupid blacks that are involved in the ANC and these far-left white morons who are supporting the ANC, that's what they're doing in South Africa. South African farmers have been there for nine and ten generations. They are feeding the entire friggin' nation. They are a vital and integral part of the economy. They are leaving. Those that could leave are leaving. Others are staying because they believe the land is worth fighting for because they're there for eight, nine, ten generations. They're like, no, we're not going anywhere. It's our land. They get it. They understand their history. Why? Because unlike the schmuckety schmucks that are surrounding them, they kept meticulous history, unlike the uncivilized morons in suits. The savages running around in a necktie. Because they want to show them the way. Africa's a shithole. Blacks in America have no idea how good they have it here. They really don't. They really don't. And let me tell you something. Blacks in Africa hate you. They hate blacks in America. I remember when a family member of mine, very close to me, went to Operation Restore Hope in Somalia. I remember on the plane, it was telling me, yeah, man, dude, I mean, all the all the black guys, yeah, we're going back to the motherland, we're going back. As soon as they got off the plane, the Somalis were throwing rocks at them saying, nigger Americans, go home. Wow. Wow. They don't like you. Blacks in the Western world, you guys don't understand how blessed you are. It's time you take off the stupid chip on the shoulder and, and the, the whole system's racist. Everything's race, race, race. Get off the fucking democratic politician and welcome to reality. It's ridiculous, man. And I'm sorry for the language, but like I said, I have South African friends. And what is happening in South Africa, it twists my soul to no end. We're seeing genocide here, folks. We're seeing white people wiped out for no freaking reason, simply because of racism. And some idiots out there who are uneducated saying, oh, the whites deserve this for the apartheid. Folks, the white people pulled out the entire country is going into bedlam and mayhem. Look what happened to Zimbabwe. Former name, Rhodesia. Look what happened to there. White farmers who have been there forever. Feeding the entire country. Employing the locals. And now there's some 
uh, in Zimbabwe who are screaming because Mugabe's gone. They're screaming for the white people to return. And a few white farmers have returned to the area where they're all farmlanders. And what happens? I'm watching YouTube video of a whole bunch of black people running up to the white farmer and hugging them. And they're, the white guy is hugging the black guy. They're both crying and they're so happy. Because they're vital. They're important to each other's economy. They're vital to each other's economies. They need each other. This is what far-left politics does. This is the danger of identity politics. It's no different what the South African uh, Congress, the African National Congress is doing. There's no difference between what they were doing and what Hitler was doing. Identity politics is the politics of Nazis and fascists. And that's what you're seeing here in this whole entire South Africa thing. They are... They are going to destroy the country. They don't care. They will destroy the country for the benefits of a few. It is ridiculous. They are constitutionally writing the law to have this egregious injustice done. And now a lot of white farmers there that are in South Africa, I mean, hell, freaking Lauren Southern, man, she's done a great report called Farmland. Yeah. It's going to be out soon. It's a beautiful documentary. Yeah. Another thing, moving is a, is a matter of life and death. And no one wants to talk about this because because it's the white guy. Nobody cares. Hey, sorry hey. about that. I, uh, no, no. Yeah, I, I dropped off real quick. But I'm saying nobody cares because if, if this was a a, a a colored group that was being slaughtered, then all of a sudden, you know, there's a now there's a political thing. Why? It's another way to knock down Western culture even more. We are, we as a people, I don't care what, what color you are at this point. I don't care what color you are. We rally around Western culture. Why? Because Western culture is the torch on which the flame of sacred liberty burns. Western culture is the torch on which the flame of sacred liberty burns. We rally around Western culture. We protect Western culture. We promote the ideals and the values of Western culture because it is simply the friggin' best in the world. That's what I got to say about that, Siege. Great breakdown, V. Yeah, man. I, you know, dropping, dropping some truth bombs. Inconvenient truth. A very inconvenient truth. And on a good note, I mean, Tommy Robinson was released from prison, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, he won that. That's great. That's mm -hmm. that's awesome. Absolutely, man.
And I'm also happy about the fact that uh, Wells Fargo uh, got fined, uh, I think, uh, $2.9 billion for mortgage fraud again. <laughs> <laughs> again. Again. Why do we even need them? Folks, we have – this is the whole entire thing. We have all the rudiments, the accruements, the accoutrement that we need in order to not use these big banks anymore. Why don't we just have the balls and not use them? Why don't well, – you know, it, it's – you know, it, it is what it is, but 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 we don't need these guys. We need to rally together. We need to form our own quote unquote banks. We need to form our own, you know, transactional means. And with gold, with cryptos, we have a means of doing that. And I'm working my ass off to come out with some sort of a solution that ties it all together. Liquidbase.io is just one of it. It's literally, and I'm and I'm working on expanding it and and getting the right deals done and and getting with the right partners and companies. Where now I'm trying to work out a deal where you, know, you have an account with Liquidbase, you know, hell, man, you, you know, get you a a, a freaking uh, a credit card, debit card. Now you're spending your gold and crypto hoardings. So why do you need a bank now? These are the things we're working on, folks. These are the things we're working on. Anyway. And with that being said, uh, I think we covered the gambit of a siege. What else we got? Yeah. That's it, V. We will be back at 4 p.m. with Cuss with Gus. Absolutely. And with that being said, we are over and we're out. Take it away, CJ.